Welcome to your favorite podcast, Cosmic Queen. Get ready to discover soulful selling and marketing strategies. Learn how to stop overthinking everything by reprogramming your subconscious mind. And finally, level up your business, your income, and your success. Yes, girl, it is all happening right now. So grab your earbuds, light up your manifestation candle. It is time to hack the quantum field, create success that defies logic, and let out your inner alpha. Let's go ahead and get started. Hello, hello. Today we're going to be talking about something that I think is cool. And it's a little bit different, but it's been on my mind because I feel like lately, the last few months, I have been very much deep in parenting mode. And sometimes I'm less in parenting mode. And sometimes it's just one of those things that's like kind of running seamlessly in the background. But the last few months, I feel like I have been spending tons of time with my kids and so much time learning about them and just understanding them so much better. And I think that it might just be the age that they're entering where they have kind of left the toddler stage. My little one is four, my older one is seven, but I'm just having such a fun time getting to know them. And also really kind of figuring out how to parent them best and how to show up for them best. Because if you're not super familiar with what I do as a subconscious expert, I spend a lot of time regressing people to their childhood So the truth is that I spend a lot of time in conversation with people's, essentially their inner child, right? Going back to when this happened when you were six and how did you feel? And it's really illuminated to me so many things that we just forget. We forget about how confusing it is to be a kid. We forget about how frustrating it is to be a kid because we don't really have much power. And for a lot of us who are kind of more of the freedom seekers, it can be hard. It can be a hard experience. And I think we also forget how much sometimes we make our own conclusions. Like if you've ever played a game of telephone with a kid, that's kind of like what the work that I do is. It's like regressing somebody to this memory where they played this game of telephone basically with themselves. And then every single year they relive the memory and it's become a different memory and they relive the belief. And now it's adapted into a different belief and it's gotten stronger and stronger and stronger. And it gets really hard. And so I think I've just remembered all of these things about being a kid and it's made me so much more empathetic to my kids' experience. And I'm also constantly having to be hyper aware of the fact that there is no way for me to give them a perfect experience as a child and that these beliefs imprint no matter what it is that we do. And there's nothing wrong with it. A lot of the time we can give our kid the most loving perfect childhood. And they're still going to have these little beliefs about things that make them feel not good enough or things that make them feel insecure or whatever else. So today I want to talk about something. I could talk about this all day, but I want to shift the conversation a little bit because one of the fun things that I have discovered recently about Levi, and I think it's, and Levi's my oldest one, and it's like, as he's gotten a little bit older, he's so creative brained. And he loves things like riddles and puzzles. One of the funniest things, I guess it's not funny, but he wants to be an entrepreneur, which I thought was so sweet. So they did his class publishing party and he wanted to be an entrepreneur and he wanted to be a keychain maker. He had a whole plan about how he was going to have a 3D printer and hire employees and wear jeans and a t-shirt when he was making keychains and wear a suit when he was selling keychains so that he would look more professional. And I just thought that it was really so sweet 
And it illuminated for me something really big, which is that in so many ways, we are not preparing our children for the entrepreneurial world. We are not raising them to be entrepreneurial kids and entrepreneurial adults. It's like, why does this matter, right? There's a small chance that maybe your kid wants to grow up to be an entrepreneur, but it matters. And I'll tell you why, because entrepreneurship is the new paradigm because your kid is going to have to grow up regardless of what they do. Chances are to have the same entrepreneurial traits. I remember being in high school and our teacher telling us the statistic that 80% of people will go on to be in business. And I found that so fascinating. And of course, a lot of those people are corporate. But I was like, how interesting that we actually haven't learned anything about business and 80% of us are going to end up there. That feels ineffective to me somehow. And of course, then I went on to study literally every single thing other than business, even though I had had that little warning sign in high school, went on to study biology, chemistry, physics, English literature, psychology, and then law, and basically do everything except business And of course, ended up becoming an entrepreneur. Beyond the skills that are necessary to actually have a business and run a business, like I was saying, entrepreneurship is really the new paradigm. We are creating this shift where chances are, I'm not like a betting person, but chances are your child is gonna grow up to be self-employed. It is just the way in which we are working. Online business has made it possible for everyone to start a business with no overhead. All of Gen Z, basically, is self-employed for the most part. They have such a different attitude towards employment. And so I think that when we're not preparing our kids for this, we're actually doing them a huge disservice. And the reason why is because in the work that I do, I specialize in entrepreneurial blocks. Blocks like visibility fears, blocks like imposter syndrome, blocks like fear of success, and blocks like money blocks. Because these are the things that come up for entrepreneurs. It's always so fascinating to me how ill-prepared most of us were as children for the world that there is today. And part of this is just logistical. There's no way to have possibly anticipated that the internet was going to, I mean, depending on how young you are, right? But even going as big and as basic as that, that the internet was gonna exist, that people were gonna have online businesses. That is pretty, pretty new. I'm an 80s kid. And really that internet boom was the 90s. That's when people started realizing there's a future here. And people thought that those people were kind of crazy. Like that's never gonna happen. We are always gonna be in the 3D. And it actually didn't turn out that way. We had no way of anticipating that social media was going to come into existence. There's just so many things. So it makes sense, right? It makes sense that we could not have prepared for that. It makes sense that our parents could not have prepared us for that. It makes sense that our grandparents could not have prepared us for that. But at the same time, there are some fundamental skills that I think it makes sense to start focusing on with our kids. Because when you talk to entrepreneurs, they'll always tell you, right? Every entrepreneur has some story about how they should have known that they would be an entrepreneur, how they had their lemonade stand, how they had their keychain business, how they were making jewelry and selling it. For me, I was like peddling Beanie Babies on eBay before that was a thing. I was peddling old books on Amazon back when Amazon was a bookstore. I just loved online selling from the time that I was maybe eight or nine, I remember my mom let me set up a PayPal in her name. Like, why? Why would she do that? 
But she was like, yeah, sure. You can set up a PayPal account. So I would get the money put into there and then I would spend it on more Beanie Babies. And yeah, I had a whole hustle going on. And, and I think all of us who are entrepreneurial have some story like that. But it's so much bigger than that. It's not just about the lemonade stands. It's not just about the yard sales. It's not just about the jewelry businesses. It's not about the fact that you would buy candy and sell it to your classmates at a marked up price. Like all of those are great. But as a subconscious coach, I'm curious about the stuff that's a little bit deeper. It's not just your innovation and your resourcefulness and your desire to sell something, which, yes, is the first step of entrepreneurship. But it's so much bigger than that. As a pre-med, good girl, turned lawyer, worked on Wall Street, turned entrepreneur, my path was a very winding one. And most of my path of entrepreneurship has been unlearning what I was conditioned to be and believe in order to actually become a successful entrepreneur. And most people focus on risk. And I actually think that that's part of it, but you can be an entrepreneur, especially these days, without risk. You can be an entrepreneur with very, very low risk tolerance. I have very low risk tolerance. I started my first business with $5 and I grew that into six figures. I basically like did not spend a dollar on my business for a very, very long time. I didn't even have a credit card until years and years later. So I am not someone who is like, I'm going to gamble on this and take a risk. No, I built it like slow and steady and intentionally. And I'm still really like that with my business. I run a really, really lean business. I don't take a lot of huge risks. I don't resonate with that language even. It's very popular in the coaching world, like invest big with, for the big payoffs. And like, it's just not my thing. I don't think it has to be your thing. But I'm going to share the few things that I think do actually really, really, really matter. And some of them are surprising. But when I talk to my son now, of course, he's funny, right? And so now his thing is when we talk about grades and stuff, he's like, well, it does this matter if I'm going to be an entrepreneur? And this to me is such a loaded question as someone who was a lawyer and always got through grades and did pre-med and then ended up not really, quote unquote, using that and just becoming an entrepreneur anyway. But I always help him extract what actually matters. And I want to keep him focused. Like your grades do not matter in the sense that nobody is going to ask you what your grades were in second grade. But your grades matter in terms of the fact that they matter for your grit and your resilience, right? And your ability to keep going even when things feel hard and to challenge yourself and to push yourself and to learn how to achieve for yourself that internal motivation to create that feeling of accomplishment. And I think that that is a huge, huge, huge skill that is super, super useful. So now let's talk a little bit about some of the things that I think are really important for raising entrepreneurial kids and for raising kids that are gonna be able to tackle the world that we are creating. And of course, there's no way to even envision what that is, right? Like this episode is going to age horribly, I'm sure. Levi is going to be like, what were you talking about? You were totally wrong. How could you not have seen that this thing was going to happen? And I'm going to be like, I'm sorry. But these are some core skills that I think that people really need. And I think that sometimes people are actually really, really missing this because we are raised to prioritize other things that don't actually matter like external validation and external achievement. And that to me is probably the worst thing that you can learn as an entrepreneur. 
Because then you're going to become an adult and you're going to have no external motivation to do anything. When you are an entrepreneurial adult, you're going to have absolutely no external motivation. You're going to have no boss that is telling you what to do. You're going to have nobody that is telling you what to do. It is all going to be internal. So I want to start with that one. That, I think, is the most critical skill to learn, how to motivate yourself, how to discover what is actually interesting to you, what actually matters to you, why does it matter to you, what do you want to do? And as kids, we're not really taught those things. We're told you've got to do this because you've got to do it. And it works, right? You've got to do your bed because you've got to do it. You've got to do your chores because you've got to do it. And of course, we want to teach our kids those lessons too. There's always going to be things like that that you don't want to do. But to the extent that we can, we have to build up their self-motivation. We have to teach them how to experience this, how to show up even when there is no validation, how to show up even though it feels like nothing is happening just because you trust that it is just because you know in your gut, in your intuition, that it's the right thing to be doing, that's a huge skill to learn. And essentially what we're talking about when we're talking about self-motivation is two things, self-worth and self-trust, believing that you are worthy of accomplishing the things that you want just because you are worthy of them and trusting yourself to be able to achieve the things that you want to achieve. And so how do we do this? I have no idea. (laughs) I'm learning as I go. But I think that just having this understanding of things is super, super helpful. So the second thing, and this one's going to be obvious, right? But it's resilience, resilience and adaptability. And I think that that's another thing that we really sometimes don't teach our kids, especially kids today. They're raised to be so scared of disappointment. Maybe you were too. I know that I was. I was like, what if I try this thing and I fail? That would be the worst thing. So let me not even try. Oh my gosh. Or your plan A doesn't work out and you're just like, oh my God, what do I do now? My plan A did not work out. Well, I went all in on that. So now I feel lost or really not understanding, I think too, like how all the things that I did would never be taken from me. Like all of the things that I accomplished, they are not little accomplishments that then you sit on and you hoard and you protect them because you're scared of losing them. They become who you are. You embody them. They give you confidence. They give you skills, right? But it's not about the achievements. We detach from them. And so I think that resiliency and adaptability are one of the biggest entrepreneurial skills that a lot of people are lacking today. A lot of entrepreneurs where it's very hard to feel like, what if I'm doing all of this? And what if I'm actually not in control? It's scary, but we're actually not. So the more we can get comfortable with that, the better. And I think that we have such an emphasis on routine for kids and the perfect routine and this activity and that activity. Sometimes the best lesson to learn is that things don't go according to plan and that that's okay. And so it's not about the perfect consistency. It's about helping them understand that even when things aren't perfect and even when they're not consistent, it's still okay. Another really big one is creativity. And I think that now we're starting to understand that. But we're starting to understand it from like the brain development space, which is great. And, you know, it's like creativity helps you learn better and helps you be more intelligent. You know, I remember when I was young, it was like the studies that learning music made you so much better at math and all of this stuff. 
But creativity is actually now a currency. Creativity is what is going to drive your kids' success. And so we have these conversations, right, when we'll see like something really nice, right, a really nice boat, a really nice apartment, something. And the kids will say, wow, you've got to work really, really hard to have one of those. And I always tell them, the fastest way to have that happen in today's world is to be the most creative, is to create something, to innovate, to challenge the status quo, to change the way that we do things, to make things better, to improve on things. And we have these conversations because that is actually the way that we create wealth in today's world is through creation. And we see people, you know, for better or worse, right, on TikTok making a ton of money. Why? Because of creativity, because they are creative, because they have found creative ways to do this thing, creative ways to sell things, creative ways, whatever. For me, as an entrepreneur, I always tell my kids, I'm like, my creativity is my asset. I create things. And when I stop creating things, then I stop having a business. That is the way that it works. And I think we're actually not taught about creativity that way. We're still not taught to value it and we're still not taught to prioritize it. But those skills are skills that we learn as children. And as children, we send so many subtle messages that creativity doesn't matter because it's scary. It's still scary to parents. It's all fun and games to enroll your kid in art and music and whatever other creative thing, but not when it comes at the expense of the core academics and not when it comes at the expense of their grades, right? And not when you have a creative kid who might be a better artist than he is a mathematician or a kid who isn't the best reader, but is an amazing musician. It's scary because it challenges our notion of the status quo. So we really have to hold space and we have to expand ourselves. And I was thinking, I was like, I'm so glad that I have essentially created this life for myself where I have really opted out. I've opted out of the system, right? I am not a controversial person. I'm pretty conformist in most parts, pretty traditional. But when it comes to this one thing, like whether I like it or not, I am not part of the mainstream. I am not in a job. I am not going to a nine to five. I have opted out of that for whatever reasons, that makes me happy to show my kids, right? It makes me happy to parent with a little bit more risk, to be okay with a little bit of less tradition, less doing this because, oh my gosh, he has to, and more of, is this something that is gonna work for you? Is this something that you're gonna enjoy? What could you be doing that you would enjoy more? How can you do this in a way that is more enjoyable to you? all of these things, which leads perfectly into my next one. And I love this one because it goes hand in hand with the creativity. And it's something that very, very few people really talk about because sometimes it's one or the other and it's executive function. It is your ability to delegate to yourself, your ability. It goes ties back to that self-motivation, right? To figure out what needs to be done and to do it. Your ability to manage your time. And I was telling my kids, I said, time management is one of the most important skills that you will learn. When it comes to test taking, it's the foundation of test taking is time management, is your ability to pace yourself in the exam, right? So how well you perform is going to be due to how naturally intelligent you are, to how much you have prepared. But it's also going to be due to, A, your ability to regulate your nervous system and still think clearly even when you're under pressure, and B, to manage your time. And everything else for the rest of your life is going to come down to having good executive function. 
And maybe when you hear executive function, what you hear is that you have to be perfect and you have to be the best planner and you have to be following all the steps and you have to figure out how to make a list and follow a list. And that's not it at all. On the contrary, right? That is a crutch. And that is sometimes an attempt to mask self-trust issues. But what we really, really, really need when it comes to executive function is what I was talking about before, is the creativity to ask yourself, if something is not working, how can I do it in a way that works for me and my brain? And that is entrepreneurial executive function. That is the ability to say, hey, this is not working for me the way that this was taught to me. I'm going to adapt it and make it my own and make it work. Hey, this doesn't seem to be landing with me. I'm going to teach it to myself a different way. I'm going to learn it a different way. Executive function, I think, is one of the skills that is probably, from my experience and from what I see, the least taught in school. And it's very, very hard as a coach and as a business coach when people come to me and are so incredibly creative and are so amazing at what they do, and the executive function is missing a little bit. The executive function and their confidence in their ability to execute is missing. Because that's ultimately, as an entrepreneur and as a person, Taking action is what's going to make or break it at the end of the day. It's going to make or break your business success. And executive function is what allows you to create a streamlined process for you to take action. I remember growing up, I was so distracted. I was talking like, maybe you think I'm so smug that I'm like the smuggest person. And I'm like, oh, I was always the best at executive function and taking action. No, I was such a mess. I was the kid that always left my backpack. I was the kid that always forgot my dance clothes. I always forgot this. I would leave my backpack at school. I would leave my homework at school. I would forget to do this. I wouldn't buy the book that I had to. I wouldn't do the project. I was forgetting everything all the time. And I'm so grateful that my mom was so good at teaching me creativity and executive function. So we would do our math homework and she would say, if this is not landing, how can you do it differently? How can you make it easier? How can you group things, right? Before that was a thing. When people were just teaching math, you know, oh, you got to do this and you got to follow this step. And it was like that very traditional math that we learned. She's like, how can you group this differently? How can you do this differently? My dad was super creative too, right? And really having these two parents who were super creative brained helped me as a person who is probably not naturally very good at executive function, become someone who is extremely good at executive function today. Why? Because I'm a good prioritizer. I'm not the best planner, I'm not the best executor, but I'm good at prioritizing and I'm good, I have the confidence in my skills and I know that if something is not landing for me that I can do it another way. And that's what I bring to coaching too. With my clients, it's not about me giving you this one size fits all solution. It's about me helping you figure out the most creative way to do the thing that you are struggling to do, whatever that is. If you are launching, I'm not gonna give you a set of steps. I'm going to give you a way that is going to work for your brain and for your intelligence and for your desire and your internal motivation so that you can execute seamlessly and flawlessly. People wonder, how do you get your clients to take so much action? And it's the subconscious piece, but it's also this piece. It's that I understand how the brain works. I understand internal motivation. I understand that people think differently, that there's so much brain diversity and I'm really, really good at recognizing when something is not landing for someone, what would land instead? And so as a coach, as a human, and as a mom, I feel like this is one of the most fundamental skills that we can work on with our kids, with our clients, with everybody, right? 
because I think that there's so much shame. And I think that that comes from childhood. I was really lucky to have gone to a very, very creative school. It was an art school. The principal was like very, very ahead of her time. She was a big visionary, a big creative visionary. And I was super lucky in that sense because I never felt that shame. But when I work with people, I can really feel it. I can feel that shame of not being the perfect planner, of not being irresponsible and scatterbrained. And my business is so much messier than everybody else's. And it leads to so much imposter syndrome. And it leads to so many feelings of unworthiness and lack of self-confidence. We never want to feel that way. And much less, we want to raise our kids to the best of the ability that we have to not feel that way either. So creativity, executive function, they go hand in hand. And that adaptability, the resilience, and the ability to motivate yourself instead of relying upon external validation, all of those to me are like the magic makers when it comes to being an entrepreneur. If you have those, then you're gold. You are really, really, really well-equipped to succeed in business, in life, in really anything that you do. And ultimately, that's what I want my kids to have. I want them to have something, a foundation that is going to serve them regardless of where their lives end up taking them. If you loved this episode, I guarantee you are going to love hanging out with me. So come over to my Facebook group, Ready for More, Change Your Thoughts, Transform Your Life, and let's keep this party going.